Stories from California Cattle Country is taking a week off for Thanksgiving. We thought it would be fun to explore some of the stories that ended up on the cutting room floor for one reason or another. My co-conspirator, Katie Roberti, called and we conducted a short phone interview recalling stories from our travels. The strange ones. So it's sort of stories from, stories from California Cattle Country. As always, thank you for listening. And we'll be back in two weeks with stories from Hollister Ranch, north of Santa Barbara. Hey, happy Thanksgiving week. Welcome to the 30th episode of Stories from California Cattle Country. I'm obviously not the normal voice you're used to hearing on this podcast. My name is Katie Roberti, and I work with Ryan Donahue on Stories from California Cattle Country. Today, with this being um, a holiday week and it being our 30th episode, Ryan had the idea to take listeners kind of behind the scenes and talk about some of the stories from stories from California cattle country. So Ryan will be answering the questions today instead of doing the interviewing. So welcome to your own podcast, Ryan. Hey, thank you. It's weird to be on, on this side of it. Yeah, so I think people I can, that are used to interviewing don't like to be interviewed, at least in my case. Yeah, so this will be stories from stories from California cattle country. Yeah, great. Like this podcast has gone from the tip top of the state in Humboldt all the way down to Siskiyou. The last episodes have been in Ventura. We've been in between in Contra Costa County and Butte County um, over on the coast. So it's been all over. So we definitely have some stories to tell from just the podcast recordings and being out on the road. For those who maybe joined in late on the podcast, or maybe this is even your first episode, um, it started last year in 2021 with the first episode being recorded in April. Then we had a couple months to kind of get it going and see how we wanted it to turn out. And the first episode was released in August. So Ryan, maybe let's start there. Let's talk about what's kind of changed since those first few episodes were recorded. And now we almost have a full year under our belt, a full calendar year. Um, what's changed since the beginning for you? Um, I mean, it's funny because I, I don't come from ag. So really the the learning curve for me has been pretty steep. So I'm kind of learning a lot just about the industry and things like that, you know, where not to stand, like bad places to be, things like that. When we started it, it was just kind of a, a blank canvas. So we kind of threw everything at the wall, see what would stick, see what we like. You know, when we, I talked to you earlier, it's like when we originally did uh, Likely Land and Livestock Company, I basically put a, a microphone on Billy Flournoy and let that thing run for like three and a half hours. And, you know, so at the end of the day, I ended up with 10 hours of, of, of content to go over for a 25 minute podcast. And then formulaically, we kind of like changed it a little bit um, that when we just arbitrarily chose a second season because we were just going to um, make some changes to the format. And what we're trying to do is take a more geographical approach and then, you know, exploring different parts of the state and also addressing the communities that these, these ranchers operate in. In the first season, if you listen to like the subject areas kind of all over the place, we spent a lot of time just thinking about what potentially listeners would want to hear, but the best ways to kind of tell the stories. And a big part of that comes from the communities the ranchers operate in. So um, in these towns, we try to spend a little bit of time in the towns, kind of get to know the areas. And then also ranchers in different places, they have very specific needs. You know, everybody's dealing with problems with like water and things like that. But then um, there's other unique problems in each one of these places, um, you know, things like predators or, or whatever. So we found like a format that best represents everything. We can get it into like a nice 20 to 25 minute little nugget. Yeah, I think that's a good point. We're also spending a little bit more time there. And the episodes you've been creating have been a little longer, giving us a little more background into 
who these people are and their communities, like you said. I think the first episode in this season was down with Jack Lavers in Glenville, and you spent some time at the Crystal Palace. Really showed the community well in that episode. It's funny. It's, I I was talking to someone after, and they were just we were just talking about what I do for work, you know. And I said, and the person I was talking to happened to be from Bakersfield, you know. And I said, I said I had the best time in Bakersfield on that trip. And then he was like, I don't think anyone's ever said it about <laughs> Bakersfield. I think there's this concept of like, it's same with the United States, but places that you fly over, you drive through, you don't ever stop there. In my experience is the places that we're going, a lot of them are, you know, obviously they're remote because they're ranches. Like, and so we are stopping at these little towns. And honestly, it's been everyone. The people are wonderful. Um, you could, There's a rich history that, you know, is tied to all these little tiny California towns. There's a reason that they're there. And if you go and dig a little bit, you find out some really fascinating things. The other thing is these communities are, for the most part, a very small size. So, you know, I'll go to a, a random bar and like sit down and the person next to me knows the person I'm about to interview. You, you definitely get a, a better feel for all these little, little spots. You talked about how in season two, we kind of changed the approach to be geographically. So we started with a tour of 395. You went from Glenville all the way up and then now you're on the 101 tour. But I think talking about these small towns and kind of, as you said, they're just these little stops that you would never stop. In one of the podcasts you mentioned, you don't think you'll ever be able to be on 395 again without stopping at Tom's place. I know you have a lot of great stories specifically from the 395 tour. What are some of those stories and what it, was it about Tom's place that you liked so much? Well, yeah, that actually like links to one one story that was kind of fun that I didn't really include in the podcast for various reasons, but you can tell it now. But Tom's place is, it's about 20 miles, maybe 15 miles south of like Mammoth, you know, on 395. And it's really just, it's named for the one basic structure that's there, which is a, it's like a convenience store uh, in a bar and restaurant. And then they also have like little rooms that you can stay in. So a lot of people that, you know, hike the Pacific Crest Trail, they'll stop there. And it's kind of, you know, between Bishop and I can't remember what's north of the it's like midway between Bishop and Bridgeport, I think. So that community there, this is the only place like where they go and, and hang out. So it's like it's a really neat spot because everybody that comes through, it's like whenever you see somebody coming off a hike or something and they finally like arrive at a place to where it's like they could sit down and it's warm and they have like water and all that kind of stuff. That's everyone kind of walks. Yeah, everybody walks in with that kind of sense of just like relief when they walk into Tom's place. So, but yeah, on the way down to Tom's place, because I, I came up from Sacramento, so I went down 395 and went through Bridgeport and I was going up, um, I was going down 395, but going up a mountain um, right by Mammoth. And I saw this like really intense, but pretty small, like storm cloud in front of me. As I was driving up, I saw like one like bolt of lightning come out of it. I'm like, oh, this is going to get, you know, real. And so I hadn't seen any precipitation on any of these trips because, you know, water's a hard thing to come by. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to record on my phone just the sound of rain because I think it'd be an interesting kind of introduction to this. And I um, so I put my phone on the dashboard and it's just recording. And I got into this storm and it started, you know, raining, like drizzling, then raining and then raining to the point where my windshield wipers couldn't handle it. Like it was people were pulling over on the side of the road. And so I was just kind of like muscling through it. And right when it like was raining the hardest, uh, my car got struck by lightning. And like I saw a lightning bolt hit my door on the car. And as soon as it hit, the car has like a little like, you know, battery light that comes on. 
and that battery light just came on immediately. And that was all that was kind of it. I heard it, you know, I felt it, I saw it, but the car was still going. I was sure it wasn't going to pull over where I was at in that weather. So I just said, I'm just gonna make it the extra 15 miles to Tom's place. I did. And I got to Tom's place and I was sure there's going to be, you know, a mark on the car or something. And I got out, I looked around, nothing. And so I put my stuff away and then I came back to the car and then I just wanted to make sure it would start, you know, so I started it and it started fine. It was totally acting normal. I'm like, okay, maybe, you know, dodged a bullet there. I got dinner there and then uh, I had to go meet the rancher in the morning in Long Valley, which was about 15 miles away. So I got in the car, went, met at the ranch, did the interviews, did the podcast and everything. And then um, I was, I was going to head home or head back to Tom's place. And I was in, I mean, Tom's place is in the middle of nowhere and the ranch I was at was way more remote than that. Like it's literally in the middle of nowhere. And so I was about two miles away from their ranch and the car just completely died. Everything like the power steering stopped working. I lost power in the, and I was just on a little side road, thank God. Cause if I was on the highway, it would have been probably pretty disastrous. So I ended up having to like leave the car there. It was completely dead. Um, and then there was a long story about how to get it out of there. Cause nobody wanted to remove it, but yeah, I did get struck by lightning, which makes for a good story i think it does now now that you're okay um but i think something out of that story that i liked a lot other than your car dying was how the community actually helped you i think it was someone from tom's place that you had met that actually ended up driving you to the airport oh no i mean a bunch of things kind of had to work the fortunate part i had one bar of service on my phone and if i didn't have that like i really wondered how it would have ended up and the only people i knew out there was was the rancher maria kemp i called her and i said hey my car died and she knew about the i told her the story about the lightning strike so it kind of all made sense and so they kind of pull up and it was starting to rain again there were still storms on both sides and they pull up in this giant truck you know and like the back of the truck is full of saddles and like three cattle dogs and i had all my my gear and stuff with me too so i had to throw that in the back and then i, I piled into their truck and I think there was, I mean, six or seven of us in the truck and they drove me back to Tom's place. And the issue was that there's no rental car companies at all anywhere. Bishop has one, but you basically, if you rent a car, you have to bring it back. I was kind of stuck and there was no, the car that I had was just, just not, wasn't working. In talking, I was telling, of course, the story, I went to back to Tom's place, told the story. And then actually the owner of Tom's place came over and was chatting me up a little bit. And she goes, Hey, you know, uh, I had, so I ended up, I had to go out the airport. So I had to go to Bishop, which was, you know, 20 or 30 minutes away. There's no, there's no Lyft or um, Uber or anything. I was saying, like, I'm just going to figure out a way to get down there. And she goes, you know, I'll take you down there tomorrow. So um, she drove me to the airport uh, the next morning. And then, no, but that's kind of the thing is like everybody super willing to kind of pitch in and, and help out even, and they didn't know me from Adam. Yeah. No, super hospitable. And even the very last episode you recorded, I think, you weren't planning on Rich Atmore driving you to the airport and he took time out of your day to show you um, some of the sites and take you to the airport. Oh yeah, no. And yeah, and that, that's the thing. It's just, um, I took a, a lift over there because we didn't want to rent a car. It was a really short trip. He's like, hey, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll drive you. I'll drive you back. And then he stopped and we stopped in Ventura somewhere and, and he just parked in this parking lot and he goes, hey, I want to show you something. And then he brought me to a, a speakeasy that him and his friends kind of, op- not operate, but just, you know, have. Um, so we hung out there for a while. It was um, quite a bit of fun. And then, yeah, he drove me, uh, drove me up 101. And to be honest, like, I'm sure he had traffic coming the way back. There was uh, no reason for him to take time out of his day to do that. But it's kind of tends to be the 
the vibe at ranches is everybody's very, very, you know, hospitable. Yeah, you've talked about that a lot on the podcast. And I think coming from the hospitality industry, you probably recognize it more um, than most. Definitely lots of good stories to tell just from your various trips. I'm glad I was not on the lightning one. One of my favorites was when we showed up to Adaria about this time last year. It was right before like the big first freeze. So there was flies everywhere. I didn't really think much of it. We left my car door open with um, in the back the hatch with all the gear come back about an hour and a half later and the whole car is filled with flies it probably took me a week probably 10 days to stop finding flies just attached to the inside of my car yeah i've, I've had similar experiences too and, and it's surprising how hardy they are how long they can live inside of your car yeah they um, lived a long time another favorite was ryan had this idea to go to like a dairy after dark and he thought we can show up when they're milking and really show like how hard and how long dairy farmers work. Their hours are insane. So it started, we were going to show up at Foggy Bottom Boys in Humble at like 3 a.m. And by the time we actually ended up making plans to do it, Ryan and I were like, let's go at five towards the end of milking. We get yeah. there and it's still freezing. And I think within like 10 minutes, we were both like, okay, so that's milking. It is repetitive. You know, so you really only need to get a few minutes of it. No, it was great being there at the sunrise, though. But any other interesting stories you want to talk about that you think listeners would like to hear? Actually, there's one story. I'll probably just put this in the middle that I thought was kind of scandalous and fun. But I don't know if I told you this. When I was in Susanville, I had done an interview and I wanted to basically I, I record the stuff. But I also I want to get visuals and stuff kind of written down so I have a notepad. And so I'll, I'll go somewhere and sit down and just kind of, you know, bang out the notes as fast as I can just to, to, to put down um, things I might be able to add to the story. And so I went to this place called, it's called TNA Lounge in Susanville, and it's kind of a dive bar. It's real dark, you know, so I go in there and I kind of sit at the bar and there's probably five or six people there. And it's probably like 2 p.m. I sat down. I was kind of minding my own business, you know, because I was writing stuff down. There's a woman sitting next to me and I didn't read, I didn't even look over at her. I, I don't know what she looks like or anything like that. So, you know, I was doing my thing and writing stuff down and that lady closed out, you know, she, she said thanks and she left. And then there was another woman there at the bar who kind of came and stood at the center of the bar to kind of get everyone's attention. And she was like, you guys, do you know that Kathy shot her husband this morning? I was sitting next to Kathy, the person who shot her husband that morning. And so apparently her husband, they had, she had a restraining order or something on him. He showed up and the kind of the guys at the bar were like, yeah, you know, but I mean, it kind of depends on the caliber of the bullet. Like, is, was you, you know, was you really trying to kill him or just kind of like get his attention? Like where he shot him, where, where she shot him and things like that. And she goes, he shot him or she shot him in the chest. Like, oh, so this this woman, I guess, had a restraining order, shot her husband and then I guess spoke to the police and they let her go. And then she went to the lounge. She was sitting right next to me and just had a, had a drink. It's pretty weird. I'll add that onto the list of trips. I'm glad I was not a part of <laughs> that in <and> the <laughs> lightning. <laughs> it's pretty yeah. weird. Hospitality is something we've seen on every trip we've been on. I look forward to seeing and hearing your episode from Hollister Ranch and everything to come in 2023. Next episode, Ryan will be back asking the questions. Thanks for making time to kind of take us behind the scenes, Ryan. And again, I know Ryan says this every podcast, but we really do love feedback. So if you have it, or maybe this podcast inspired you to ask questions or want us to touch more on something. Maybe you want us to touch more on how hospitality is a big part of ranching in the community. Please let Ryan know. All right. Thank you, Katie. Yeah. Thank you, Ryan. I'll talk to you later.
Yeah. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving.